Well, we are in the fourth message of You Asked For It, where we're answering questions that were generated on Easter, questions that came from this place, this room right now, our people. And I'm really excited about this next question. The question we're going to be answering today is this. Why are there so many denominations and different kinds of churches? Has anybody here ever asked that question or wondered that or had someone ask you that and you didn't really know how to answer it? Well, we're going to dive right into that today. And so I want to start off by reading from 1 Corinthians, and then we'll pray and we'll answer this question. So 1 Corinthians 1, it says this, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters... Some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. And no one of you can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. Been there. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. I love the scripture. It challenges us for unity, that there be no divisions among us. And Paul doesn't even remember if he's baptized all these people. It's a tough life. Well, I'm going to dive into this, and I pray that overall today that we could fight for unity at Kalos Church. And beyond Kalos Church, that we would fight for unity in the kingdom of God. But we're going to dive in this question and kind of give a historical context to why this happened. Let's pray. Dear Father, I pray that you would bring unity in this place. That as we understand denominations and divisions amongst the church, Lord, I pray that we would see what you want and what you're praying for and how we can redeem what has meant, been meant for evil and make it good. We know that you can work all things for good. And so, Lord, I pray that it would start with us here in Kalos Church, that we would see your church, your kingdom, and say, Lord, whatever you want, we want to be a part of it. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we see in the scripture that unity is super important. Well, the last survey I read says that there are about 42,000 denominations in Christianity. About 80 years ago, there was about 1,000. And so we have seen that there's divisions and splintering and different factions of Christianity, Catholics or Lutherans, Methodists, non-denominational, Presbyterian, Amish, Mennonites, brethren. There are so many different kinds of Christianity. How do we know which one is the true one? What do we do? Are we directly disobeying what the scripture says for unity? And I think Jesus knew the danger of all this division, and he actually warns us in Matthew 12 25 it says this jesus knew their thoughts and said to them every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and every city or household divided against itself will not stand 
And we see that division causes things to crumble. Division makes things very vulnerable. When I was first in high school, I was on the wrestling team, but I probably didn't have to tell you that. And uh, I uh, was talking to the rival captain of the wrestling team from Eastview High School in Minnesota. He was the rival, he was the enemy, and one day we were on AOL Instant Messenger. Come on, somebody. And uh, he started talking to me on AOL, and he was talking trash about my friend Dan. And I was like, what? You don't talk trash about my friend on AOL Instant Messenger. My screen name was Pradeepin1. Believe it or not, there was another Pradeepin. And uh, I, I said, okay, meet me at the movie theater in the parking lot, and we are going to fight. You don't dishonor my friend Dan. We will fight. Well, I did not want to show up empty-handed, so I recruited all of my friends to show up with me to the movie theater, and I brought about 30 people. We had cars with us. We made a circle. We had dogs. They were barking. And then Chris from Eastview High School, my enemy, he shows up with one other friend on a bicycle. <laughs> Little did he know, we were ready to beat him up. So we formed a circle around him. The dogs are barking. The students are yelling. It's amazing. I got my posse. And there were two uh, really big demographics that were part of my circle of friends that were going to beat this guy up. We had like the preppy jocks who were all wearing polos, and then we had like the, the hip hop crew that was like just blasting Eminem and had a lot of uh, different style techniques than the preps. So uh, they started gathering around this man, and something happened though. I, I was ready to beat up this guy with my friends because I knew I could not beat him up as like a 107-pound brown Sri Lankan man. I knew I would lose that battle. And so my group, though, they started fighting amongst each other. The jocks in the hip-hop crew started to argue, started to fight. And I'm like, what is happening? We're supposed to be a united front. Don't, you guys, we need to stay strong. We need to stay together. And they started arguing and fighting more and more and more until they got fed up with each other, and someone said, what? I don't want to join with these guys. Let's let that brown kid fight his own fight. I was like, no! We can't do that! Their division caused so much vulnerability, and I got beat up. Division, it causes vulnerability. It does, and I experienced it so many times. We were supposed to be a united front, but we started fighting amongst each other. We forgot who the real, real enemy was, and we started to turn on one another. This has happened in the church time and time and time again, where instead of fighting the enemy, instead of taking down the gates of Hades, destroying death and darkness, fighting against oppression and injustice, we turn on each other. And just like Jesus said, a house divided against itself falls. It crumbles. It becomes vulnerable. And uh, I think this is really a danger to us in the church. And so one of the most common questions we get at Kalos Church is this. What kind of church are you? What kind of church are you? And this is embarrassing because Jesus prays and Jesus asks, and in the scripture we just read, we are commanded to be one, that there would be no divisions among you. Yet one of the most common questions we get at Kalos Church is, 
what kind of church are you? Because the world knows that there are so many different kinds of churches. There's so many different divisions. And sadly, uh, this didn't just start in this generation. This didn't just start in America. It's been around since Bible times. It's been around in the history of America. Have you ever walked down a street and you see like, First Baptist Church of America, and then you walk down like two feet, and you're like Second Church Baptist of America. You're like, oh man, you 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 should have been there a little bit earlier. <laughs> or uh, I I saw this church. This was kind of funny. What it was called like the Original Church of Christ Number Two. I'm like some some of this doesn't seem right there. <laughs> the Original Church of Christ Number Two. <laughs> You know, but Sally, this has been happening since Bible times. In Acts 15, 36 through 41, there is a guy named Paul and a guy named Barnabas. Paul actually wrote the scripture that we started off the sermon with, and he has a sharp disagreement. In verse 36, it says this. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. So we see even in biblical times, even the same people in the Bible who encouraged us do not let there be any divisions amongst you. Found division amongst themselves. And so how did we get here? So really quick, before I really challenge us in a, a sermon about unity and dive into the scriptures about what is God's ideal, let's, let's put on our church history hats on a little bit, all right? I see Moses is already there. And so we got, we're going to put on our church history hats on. Last week, we put on our philosophy hats. And so uh, let's put this family tree. This is a Christian family tree. And basically, I'm, just, I'm not going to go into the depths of this, but I just want to kind of give a primer. You can see that we have the Jewish religion, so that was really uh, told about in the Old Testament, and then we have Jesus. Come on, someone. We love Jesus, right? And then, so Jesus had his 12 disciples, and he built the church on these 12 disciples. And so there is one church, but eventually things started to divide. And at one point in around 325 AD, there was what was called the Council of Nicaea, and then the Catholic Church began. And so there started to be distinctions. The Catholic Church, which is a word that stands for universal, began during this council. And so we see that right there at the beginning, there was already a division around 300 AD. Before that, there were people like the Gnostics and stuff like that, but things weren't officially divided. So there's one church, then there's a council in 300 AD, and then there's people that just said that they were part of Christ church, and then there are people that said they were part of the Catholic church. And then a thousand years later, we see the Great Schism. Can you, see, can you say Great Schism? That'd be a fun band name. So that's about after a thousand years of the Catholic church really taking, you know, the preeminent stage. And then this divides the church into what's called the Eastern Orthodox Church. So we get Eastern Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, sometimes we see the Russian Orthodox, and so now we have two major branches of the church division. But then we have what were called the Radical Reformers, 
And that was in the 1500s, and we get like Hutterites, Mennonites, Brethren, Amish. Amritha grew up as a Mennonite. Her grandparents grew up as Amish. Come on, somebody. How many of you could tell just by looking at her? <laughs> so that's in the 1500s. Right after that, uh, in 1517, Luther of Lutheranism, Lutherans, he has the Protestant Reformation, and we see that this breaks out from the Catholic Church. So now we have even more divisions. We have the radical reformers, also known as the Anabaptists. We have the Protestants with the Lutherans. And then we have the Eastern Orthodox over here. And then there starts to become all these branches, offshoots. So we have Baptists and Quakers with John Kelvin. And we have then the, through the Catholic branch, we get Anglicans and then Methodists and Assemblies of God. And, and then over here, we have Presbyterians. And things just splinter and splinter and splinter. So you can see that throughout the years of church history, what was just one church one entity that represented the gospel, it slowly began to divide. And then those divisions began to divide. And it's becoming exponential as time goes on. And that's why we can see about 100 years ago, there was about 1,000 denominations. And now, according to some stats, there's over 40,000 denominations, which is really crazy. So why were there all these denominations and splinters? Some of the reasons are theology and different doctrine and Bible interpretations. Uh, many of them were like different moves of God. They maybe didn't have different theology, but like we have like the Assemblies of God and we have a Foursquare movement coming out of the Azusa Street Revival in California. And sometimes people were just strong leaders and they would follow them. Like Martin Luther, for example, said, never name a denomination after me. Well, they did not obey that. <laughs> they created Lutherans. Gotcha, Martin. Gotcha. And, and sometimes there's just different focuses on different groups. Sometimes people were, we want to worship God with more emotion and passion, and so we're going to focus this way. And then others are saying, we, we don't want to just worship God with our emotions. We want to worship God with more intellect and intelligence and more academic uh, insight. And so we just see maybe they don't differ on uh, theology or doctrine, but in experience and technique. And throughout history, that has happened. But I believe that this walk down church history and this division has opened us up to great vulnerability, just like I, when I got beat up. And it's embarrassing in the church, and it's really traumatic in so many ways. And so I just really believe that we need to be praying for unity amongst the church. Amen? We need to be praying that we would be one as Christ asked us to be one. And so three reasons I want to share why we need to be praying for unity. Number one, we want to answer the prayer of Jesus. John 17, 20 through 23 says this. This is Jesus praying. And if Jesus is praying something, I want to listen. And uh, I'm so thankful for all the times Jesus has answered my prayers. Amen? Where God has answered our prayers. Come on. Raise your hand if you're with me or say amen. Not hypothetical. I'm so thankful. What if we had the opportunity to answer our prayer Jesus had? Wouldn't you jump at that opportunity? Well, let's read the scripture. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also all who will ever believe in me through their message. Who believes in Jesus? So he's talking about us. I pray that they will all be one, 
just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Wow. This is a prayer that Jesus actually prays. And what does he pray? He prays that we, all those who will ever believe in the message of Jesus, will be one. Well, how are we doing? We're not doing very well, but I don't believe it's too late for us to answer this prayer. I believe that there are things that can divide us, but we have been changed and impacted by the gospel where we're saying, Jesus, whatever you want, I want, amen? Whatever you desire, I desire. My heart is so linked with yours that your prayer is my prayer. And if I could do anything to make your dreams come true, I will do it. So that's one reason why we pray for unity, because we join in the prayer of Jesus that we would be one. And you know, there are just some horrible reasons for church splits. There's some horrible reasons for division, where we get caught up in arguments. Should we have beards in church? No beards. Should the music be fast? Should it be slow? Instruments? No instruments. I mean, have you guys ever seen just ridiculous church fights where you're like, this is unnecessary. We're really, we're really choosing to fight over this little thing and ignoring the prayer of Jesus? Literally, we're rejecting the prayer of Jesus so we can fight over alcohol? Really? That's why we're going to argue over? When Jesus is here praying for all of those who will ever believe that we'll, we will be one? You know, uh, you know some, I've heard of churches say like, Ah, I love that church because they're serving deviled eggs. I'm like, what? Deviled eggs? Just, just put some angel food cake in there. I mean, just balance it out. You know, I, I've seen division like, are we supposed to say gif or jif? Like, is that really what we're going to divide over? Who says gif? Who says jif? Oh, come on, somebody. You know, does, does pineapple belong on pizza? Who, who says no? Who says yes? Oh, man. You know, there's this picture that broke the internet. Can you put the picture up of the legs? So are these shiny legs? Or are they legs with paint on them? Who thinks they're shiny legs? Ooh, hesitation. Who thinks there's some paint on those legs? Ooh, division. This, here, here's another picture that broke the internet. Can you put the picture up of the dress? Okay. All right. There are two options here. Either this dress is blue and black or it's white and gold. Who thinks it's white and gold? Oh. <laughs> who, think, who thinks it's blue and black? <laughs> oh. Man, that, that picture could cause major division in this church. You know what, you guys? You can put that picture away. Put that picture away. Come on, Kayla's Church. You're going to let this dress divide you and go against the prayer of Jesus? <laughs> Controversy. You know, I, I believe that our unity as a church, our unity answers the prayer of Jesus in our division fights against God's vision. Our unity answers the prayer of Jesus 
in our division fights against God's vision for the church, that we would be one. And there's so many reasons to bicker and quarrel, but compared to what Jesus wants, they're not worth it, amen? And we need a fight to answer the prayer of Jesus. There's a quote by Augustine, or some people, they're actually divided over this, ironically. Some people say it's from Augustine or Rupertus Melodinius, but it's this quote, it says this, in essentials, we have unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. And that means we as a church, we should focus on the main thing. We keep the main thing the main thing. We have unity on the Trinity. We have the unity on Jesus, fully God, fully man, dying on the cross as a criminal, but resurrected as a savior for all of humanity. We have agreement on these things. But on preferentials, like should the music be fast, slow, loud, quiet? Like let there be liberty. There's freedom. But in all things, there needs to be charity, which is another way of saying love. Amen? Isn't that a beautiful quote? Another scripture, Ephesians 4, 2 through 6 is this. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all in all and living through all. And then going on to verse 11, talking about the fivefold ministry. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such, what's that word? Let's say it again. Unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Point number two of why we pray for unity is because we are better together. This five-fold ministry, these different parts of the body, one of the goals, one of the things that they're aiming for is till we reach perfect unity. And we are not competing with each other as the church. We are completing one another as the church, amen? Our gifts, our differences are actually enhancements to the body of Christ. I've learned so much from different churches and denominations. Like, I remember when I first started dating Amaritha, I, I texted all my friends. I said, I found a brown Amish girl. I'm dating her. <laughs> I had to jump at the opportunity. They're like, what? I was like, I found one. <laughs> She's like, I'm not Amish, just my grandparents were. I'm, I, I grew up Mennonite, okay, but I'm a normal girl. Like, I have, I have electricity and everything. Though the first time I visited her, the electricity went out, and there was a guy trotting down Main Street on a horse. It was awesome. <laughs> and an Amish guy did her taxes. <laughs> Guess what kind of calculator he used? He did it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if that was offensive. If any of the Amish people are watching this in live stream, I apologize. <laughs> Is that offensive to you? I'm not, oh my goodness. <laughs> unity, unity. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, I do love my Anabaptist brothers and sisters. And so I, 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 I'm just so... I've been so eclectic in how I've learned from different people. Like, my stepdad is a Lutheran pastor. My, my wife comes from this Anabaptist expression. 
Uh, you know, I grew up and I got saved in an Assemblies of God church. I went to a school where I had, uh, for Bible school, I had Methodist teachers, I had some Catholic teachers, I had Word of Faith teachers, I had Anglican teachers. I mean, I've had a whole eclectic bunch of people to teach me and mentor me and help me grow in the faith. And I'm telling you what, I have not met someone where I can't learn something from. I have not met a denomination where I can't learn something great from. And I, I've realized that we don't just compete with each other, we complete one another. That we're a body of Christ and the hand does one thing and the foot does one thing and the ear does one thing and the eye does one thing. And this isn't bad, this helps us. And we don't all have to think the same. Uniformity is the enemy of true unity. And unity doesn't always require uniformity. Yes, division was not God's ideal, but I believe that God can redeem all things for his glory. And what we see is that through our differences, we find strength. Even when we read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we'll see that there are different details in each of the Gospel. And at first, you might say this is an argument against the Bible if you look at it as pure science. But if you look at it like you would in the court of law with human testimonies and people, you realize that these people weren't brainwashed. They didn't conspire to share exactly the same message. They had their own unique experiences, and so they saw things from a different angle, and we see that this actually reinforces that the Bible is true because we have different perspectives. We know that they didn't conspire to lie together, and so unity is not uniformity, and we don't just compete with each other. We complete one another. Amen. And so this is a strength for us in the church. And so to the church, completing one another is more important than competing with one another. And like it or not, Jesus only sees one church. And some statements we did when we created Kalos Church, part of our culture is this. We actually wrote it like this, and you can see it on our website. We are unified and diverse at Kalos Church. We share one purpose while celebrating differences. Amen. And this, we think bigger than ourselves. God's goals are bigger than our roles. Amen? And so number three reason why we pray for unity is this. We want the world to see the beauty of Jesus. Amen? How many of you guys want to see Jesus lifted up throughout the world? Well, people will have an encounter with his beauty. Oh, amen. But what we need to do is, we need to unite. Jesus says, I pray that the church would be one so that the world would see that you sent me. Isn't that amazing? He says, pray that the church is one so that the world would know me. I think that's so beautiful. Jesus, in another part of the scriptures, he says this, the world will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. And that's how the world should know us. But sadly, the world is still asking, what kind of church are you? Why are there so many denominations? Why are there so many different splinterings of your faith? And this is an embarrassment, and it's, it's made us vulnerable. And, you know, when we fight with brothers and sisters in Christ, I just want to share this. The devil doesn't really care who wins. When we fight with brothers and sisters in Christ, the devil doesn't care who wins because when we are divided, we've already lost <laughs> And this is not who we are called to be. And uh, I just believe that the church needs to not bash on other churches. You know, to get to this point, Kalos Church, we're only like 30 weeks something old. And uh, there are churches in this region that have helped us get here. They haven't been territorial. They haven't been threatened by the fact that we are here. 
but there are people that have recognized that we are part of the capital C church, that God is coming back for one church. You know, Doc's the church across the street. Did you know before we started here in September, they brought Pastor Maritha and I up on stage and gave us a check for $10,000. And they said, hey, our people can go with you. Actually, that's how Taylor ended up with us. He's like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> you know, we went to Rain City Church. They brought us up on stage and they say, hey, Rain City, this is another church in Bellevue. If you want to join Kalos, we would love for that. And that's how Noah ended up here. And we, we park our bus or our truck. We parked it at Westminster and Bellevue Community Church down the street. And there are just so many churches in this area that rallied together because they believe that Jesus prays for one church. And so we're not just going to fight against Kalos Church. We're not going to put them down, but we're going to help them because there's a world to reach. There's a world that needs to see the beauty of Jesus and that the world will know that Jesus was sent to this world when we are one and when we are loving one another. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? And I, I was just so encouraged that different churches invited us into their area. There's a quote by Glenn Packiam that says this, if we become convinced that our little corner of the world is the whole world, we will see any bridge as an invasion, not an invitation. Wow. And I, I just think we as Kalos Church need to be a church that celebrates what God is doing on earth, what he's doing through his kingdom. And that's why I don't want to be a preacher that says, oh, I'm going to tell you like it is. Other preachers, they won't tell you the truth. No, that's bashing other churches. We're not going to fight all the things we disagree with with, uh, with other churches. And, and, you know, like maybe we agree in 1% of something, and so we, we throw mud at each other, and we find that mud is on ourselves. No. At Kalos Church, we don't, we don't speak ill of other churches. We lift up Jesus' bride. Amen? We, we say, God, we thank you for what you're doing in Rain City. We thank you for what you're doing in Arbor Church. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing at Doxa Church. We thank you for what you're doing at Bell Prez. Because, God, we see that you see one church, and you pray that we would be one. And can you imagine what would happen if the church was unified? Can you imagine the kind of impact? On Monday, I believe that starvation could be eliminated. On Tuesday, every person could have drinking water. On Wednesday, poverty is eradicated. Thursday, everyone with a medical need will have attention. Friday, all orphans will be under care. Saturday, everyone who has lived will know about Jesus. And Sunday, we will pause to worship him. Come on, somebody. Can you imagine if the church was what Jesus prayed for? How beautiful would that be to the world? It would be amazing. You know, I like, I like pop. I call it pop because I'm from Minnesota. And you can see right here, we have three different kinds of Coke. Can you see this? And so we have, we have zero sugar Coke that has zero calories. We have the original. And we have the no sugar, no calories diet Coke. And uh, I've heard Coke people talk amongst each other. Not that kind of Coke people. The beverage. I've heard Coke people be like, oh, I can't, I can't believe you're drinking Diet Coke. That's no na so necessary. I only drink Diet Coke. When Amritha was pregnant, she only drank uh, flat, watered-down Diet Coke. Warm. Cold. So nasty. But I've seen so many people, like, get divided over the fact that I like this nuance of Coke. But to those of us who don't drink pop, 
we just see one Coke. We just realize that, hey, wh why don't you just celebrate that you're all drinking Coke together? Why don't you just celebrate? Like, it's not that different. The reality is the essential basic ingredients of these things are the same. So why are you focusing on what you disagree? And why don't you focus on your common ground? And that's a message for us as a church. Instead of finding all the little nuances of what we disagree on, why don't we just rally around the fact that we love Jesus, he saved us, he's the hope of the world, he's beautiful, Jesus is the king of kings, the name above all names, the Lord of lords. We are one church, we are one baptism, body there's one baptism in the name of Jesus amen and so we as a church I say why don't we answer the prayer of Jesus what do you guys think about that that we say Jesus whatever is on your heart it's on my heart and I pray that we would be one and I I want to ask you to stand up to your feet and I just want to challenge you with this the word unity begins with you isn't that cute? The word unity begins with you. And you know, we find unity with each other, not when we look to each other and we try to match each other and mimic each other. We find unity when we look at Jesus. You know, I used to tell uh, people in our youth ministry when we were youth pastors back in the day that, hey, hey, you need to find a partner where when you hide your heart in God, you say, I'm gonna hide my heart in God and if you want to find oneness with my heart, if you want to win my heart, if you want to find my heart, you're going to have to get so close to God that you're close to my heart because I am hidden in Christ. Does that make sense? So if this is you and this is your partner, you get close to God so that as you both get close to God, you find that you're close to one another. And that is unity. And so I think for us to even say at Kalos Church, we love the church. We love God's kingdom. We don't bash other churches. We don't speak ill. We find common ground that we love Jesus. We love Jesus. And so right now, I think the best thing that we can do is finding unity in this place by lifting up the name of Jesus. So, Ben, why don't we sing and lift up the name of Jesus in this place? And let's answer the prayer of Jesus. Jesus, we want to answer your prayer right now, singing one song to one God with one heart as one body, as one church, Lord. Father, I pray that we wouldn't bash other churches. There wouldn't be any divisions among us. I pray that we wouldn't leave your church over bickering or divisions that are unnecessary, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that we would be united as we're united with you. Let's sing that one more time. Let's lift up our voices.
Father, we repent. If we've had fights and quarrels and let ourselves be divided over unnecessary things, we've chosen preference and style over your prayer, over what you want. So Lord, I pray for us at Kalos Church that we would have grace for one another. And we repent, Lord, if we haven't been that way. But I pray that we'd be unified and that we would celebrate not just churches across the state, but across the street as well. And we, we bless the churches of Bellevue. We bless the churches of Washington and America and all over the world. And Father, we ask that your kingdom would be advanced and we're thankful for what you're doing. You know, Kalos, I just want to let you know, you know, if you would disagree with me on some theology points, if you have different preferences, I just want to say that's okay. Uniformity is not unity, but I believe we are better together. And as we are together, we will make known the beauty of Jesus. I pray that when the world sees us, they would say, hey, they are one in Jesus Christ. They, 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 they celebrate diversity while moving forward with one purpose, lifting up the name of Jesus. Amen? Can we give Jesus a round of applause in this place? Hey, before, before I get off the stage, uh, I realize that not everybody here is following Jesus Christ. Maybe this is your first time in church, or maybe you're far from God, or have never made the decision to surrender to Jesus. But if you're in this place, I want to pray for you. And I, my prayer is that you would give your life to Jesus fully, that you'd make that decision saying, Jesus, take my life, take my heart. I want to follow you. I, I need forgiveness. I need a fresh start. So why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads, and if you're in this place and you're saying, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Please forgive me. I want that fresh start in you. If that's in you in this place, I want to pray for you. So on the count of three, would you raise your hand so I could pray for you? One, two, three. Just lift up your hand. You're saying, Pastor Pradeep, and that's me. Pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. You can put your hand down. Thank you so much. And let's pray this prayer all together. It's on the screen. Lord Jesus, I need you all at the same time. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? That's awesome.